What's happening, Bumblebee? You know what I'm saying? Getting some pollen. You want some pollen? I do. It's good for my skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Hey, uh, <laughs> he probably got the he probably got the the the, the line right. <laughs> Give me one moment, please. I'm just doing some cooking. Mmm. What are you making? Uh, well, I just got done eating it. Uh, I'm uh, I'm making ramen with Velveeta cheese and jalapenos. Okay. Yeah, so pretty spicy, but very delicious. So then you get the you say you use chicken. Do you actually use the the chicken like packet then, or do you just use the straight up just noodles? Yeah. I, Pack it right to give it that flavor. Okay, I wasn't sure if with the, the jalapenos and the cheese, if you just use just the plain noodles. Whew. All right, sorry about that, but uh, no, 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 I make sure I use the packet as well. So, yeah, man, how, how's your day, man? I know you said you've been, I'm assuming you've been busy all day, right? Yeah, so I woke up late. Um, it's because I felt, I don't know why, I just felt like shit. You PM, didn't you? Um, uh, no, I woke well, I was up at like noon, but I stayed in bed probably till one. And then we went to the store. Um, you know, that's, you know, it just takes a little time going with, you know, Allison and everything, you know, got stroller in the, you know, the bag and you can do the stuff. And... Okay. You're being an adult, being busy. I get that, man. Yeah. yeah a... Well, yeah, the a... thing was, so Angela and I are going to be getting some matching custom, uh, uh, Chuck Taylor's uh, or some Converse Converse All Stars, but she's never had Chucks before, so she's trying to figure out what size she wanted. Oh, that's cute. They don't <laughs> quite fit uh, the same as like most shoes, and so they have a Converse store over here, and so she went to try some on, and then um, for that, she got some baby feet, huh? Uh, well, not really, but they're just, again, they just, all of them, even like, so they even say like they fit differently than a regular shoe. So no, most of my shoes are a size 14, but for Converse, I have to wear a size 13. Okay. Word. All right. So, but since they're custom ones, we can't just get it. And if it's the wrong size, return them and get another one. So I want to actually try some on first. Okay. Well, look, let's get right into the podcast. <laughs> Bull crap! but uh, welcome everyone to the EDB, or I'm sorry, EBD uh, podcast. I'm your host, Wade013. We got Navy Man back in the building. Uh, so we're going to talk about the Halo universe. So nothing, nothing like super specific. We're not, we're not going to target, target anything super specific or have it be the uh, conversation piece of the podcast. So we're just going to go back and forth and be all around and just talk about Halo. Most likely, Adam's going to talk way more to me because he knows more about the universe than I am, than I do, and he's a lot more invested than I am, or at least I yeah, am now. I used to be a Halo fan uh, now since 343 Industries took over. Um, it's just a different feel, but yeah. But, uh, I, you know, we could just get – I mean, well, why don't you just tell us about a little bit of – well, why do you like Halo, Adam? Yeah, tell us about that first. Um, mainly because that was the – First game I really got invested in. So, not, my parents didn't, like, hate video games growing up, but they were not, you know, too thrilled about them. So, I had a Game Boy, and then we had a Nintendo 64. I mean, which was great, but Nintendo 64 didn't have, you know, aside from Zelda. But I was kind of young at the time to really get into Zelda. Like, I had Zelda on my Game Boy, 
but even then I like didn't really get into it because I was I probably got that when I was like seven or eight and so it, it was kind of above me um but then so then you know and then we I played PlayStation 2 a little bit we you know mainly racing games but um so really when Xbox came out in 2000 that was kind of like I was what 11 or something and the funny is I never actually had an Xbox original Xbox my neighbor did but we played like the shit out of Halo um and we just loved it you know the campaign and everything else like it was just a game changing game yeah 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 no 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 I hear you the game was definitely a quote-unquote game changer definitely made an impression that actually inspired me to buy the Xbox because prior when my mom when my brother and I were living with our mom we would just I would play whatever so he had the PlayStation I would play PlayStation I, I played Frogger Crash any kind of Mario game, Sonic, and then I got hooked on to GameCube for some reason. But anyway, when the Xbox came out and I was playing that, um, the Halo, it just blew my mind. I didn't know what was going on, but every time I, I look forward to that every day after school. It was, it was on my mind all day. I couldn't even focus. That's all I could well, and then also for me, it was one of those where, I mean, I was not MLG good by any means, but compared to my friends, because again, well, there was there was no MLG when Halo One came out, and there was no online. It was all you know console, like you know, and everything. And you know, a lot of my friends were really good at Madden or like and the other like sports games that I just could not compete in. So it was frustrating because I, you know, ever play those, I would always like lose. So finally, I found a game that I was actually better than all my friends at. So also that was kind of the reason I stuck around with it was. I could actually win. Like it was, it was really annoying playing Madden or NBA or whatever those games were. And I could just never, ever win. Like probably maybe one out of a hundred times I'd like win those games. Well, wait, it was so, bad. So, so, and you know, obviously you were good. At what, but, uh, what was your favorite gun to use or guns? I mean, it depends on which one. I mean, Halo one, the pistol. I mean, like everyone, you know, the, the pistol that had a zoom that you could freaking, but I mean, the sniper was fun too. I guess, again, it just, depending on the map and depending on um, the game mode and everything, but I like the Magnum a lot. I like the sniper a lot, uh, especially on Sidewinder. That was one of our favorite maps to play because it was just so big. Um, but then there was also, not Blood Gulch. I mean, Blood Gulch was good, but there was a, actually, it might be the only one I'm thinking about. I think it was in Halo 2, not Halo 1. The one that was like itty bitty, like in a little, it was almost like in a canyon, but it was like you could throw a grenade to the other side of it. Like it was yeah. just so tiny. Yeah. And there was that yeah. little like, rock bridge kind of like in the middle of it. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. That, that, that map was equivalent to, hold on. That map equivalent to uh, Nuketown on Call of Duty Zombies. Just about the equivalent in terms of small map and just easy to remember. I know. Yeah, it was tiny, but it was just fun. I mean, I Halo to me was a very, very different feel to most, you know, because there was, I mean, Call of Duty and Medal of Honor existed then and everything, but they were very, you know, realistic in terms of guns and, you know, the, you know, the campaign and everything was, you know, World War II or, you know, something. And so all of a sudden there was this really awesome game that took place in like space and all this stuff. And it was, uh, you know, again, you could tell they invested a lot into the actual story and not just, you know, and again, that was the time too, I guess, began because multiplayer was not as important in games at the time because it was only on console. Like there was no internet gaming, so it wasn't as big. Now, I mean, again, we still played co or not co-op, uh, 
multiplayer, you know, on the, you know, four screens on one TV or whatever. And every now and then we hooked up two TVs and two screens, which was like, whoa, <laughs> like, whoa, this was a big deal. Yeah, the campaign is what made or break or made uh, either made or broke the game was whether or not the people could get like invested in the campaign because Halo One was actually really long. Yeah, it was. Yeah, no, like it, it was, really not was. Actually, and especially if you're trying to play on like Legendary, that was a very long campaign. Well, yeah, no, uh, the difficulty scaling was uh, just insane. There's times I was spend a time in one room just hoping i get some ammo but they like using like well speaking of my favorite weapon like in those scenarios it would be like the needler or like sword right because we get chargers or sometimes the needler which is like the famous one will get the job grenade sorry you kind of broke up what'd you say you said the plasma what no the the plasma the the plasma sword and the needler well you couldn't use that in halo one no i'm just saying in general like okay. in general, that's that's what I'm saying. That's what I just liked in general. Yeah. Um, shotgun was a lot of fun too. I was. It was. The shotgun was really good against the flood. But uh, yeah, so, that was a good point too. Like the like the first time you encountered the flood, like when you broke down that door or whatever, like that shit was insane. Like it was just, I don't think I've had a game since then. I mean, at Grand Odyssey, was, I was a lot younger, so maybe it was just felt different. That really got invested into the story like destiny was close you know i like destiny's story um destiny one much more so than destiny two but it's still to me not the same as like halo like you get invested into halo and the characters and they like you know you start you know you know growing with them where you know again aside from Cade, like there's nothing in halo or destiny two that i'm like no like not you know you know, not so and so. Halo universe, we were just like, no, like when you know, uh, Gunny died. You know, Gunny uh, Johnson. Well, I think the first one, he was only like a sergeant or whatever, a staff sergeant. But by the end, you know, Gunnery Sergeant Johnson. Like when he died, you're just like, you're just like, no, not him. Okay, uh, so look, Adam. All right, so I'm just gonna stop you here for now. Okay, I'm gonna actually make some room for our sponsor to be plugged in real quick, and then we'll be right back. Okay. Okay. And welcome back, buddy. Guess who's back? Back right, so, again. Um, uh, okay. So I do have like a list of questions I'm going to ask. Um, I, I answer these questions. incorporate myself in the conversation and I just be like a, a bystander. Because, I mean, I was the best <laughs> in the Halo, Halo a lot, but, um, you know, you know the universe better than I do. But uh, I know we were talking about weapons briefly. We were like kind of going back and forth and all over the place just but uh, I know we talked about our favorite weapons we like to use. I know it depends upon the game mode or whatever. But if, for overall, um, what, what would you say? Well, actually, I'll say mine first because I know you, you can go on forever. <laughs> so my, there, I believe there's an underdog weapon in, in Halo. And it always was, for me, the plasma pistol, the one that the grunts used. And the reason why I liked it so much is because I didn't like it that much. But it was, when, I, when I had it, um, it could be very effective. And the reason why I liked it is because you could charge that plasma pistol up and actually one enemies, you know what I'm saying? So you would charge up the shot and it would do more damage, obviously. So uh, that was that was my underdog weapon that I would use. What about you, Adam? Uh, well, probably the same. So, or Well, no, one of my favorites was the underdog weapon was the SMGs when you could dual wield those things. 
Um, and again, so that's what's interesting is that the, the evolution of the <laughs> same weapons was interesting because the pistol was amazingly overpowered in like Halo 1 and then it got like nerfed to nothing in Halo 2. And then I think Halo 3, it came back a little bit, but it still wasn't as good as Halo 1. Like, so like the same weapon was like had, you know, certain, and even the Needler, like the Needler was pretty good in Halo 1. I think it after it was Halo 2 or 3, one of the Halos, it was like ridiculously overpowered. Like the way that thing tracked, like how accurate and how much it tracked. So it's weird that to me, it depends on which game. Because I think the plasma pistol is one of those where certain games, it was actually really good because of it, it tracked much more aggressively and it like was better. But there are some right. that it was, it was not, <laughs> it was not your ideal weapon, unless you're up close. Cause then you could like overcharge it and then punch them right away. Like that was kind of fun, especially right. because the one where you like took your hand out and punched them with your fist, not like, you didn't punch him with the gun. You just like straight up clocked him in the back of the head with your fist. <laughs> I, uh, I freaking, um, it's kind of funny that like, while you're plasma pistol overall was probably one of the like least powerful weapons. Like it was very, very, very situational. So again, up close and if you're good with it, it could be great, but at a distance, you're still not necessarily going to win with that versus some of the other weapons. Right. So, like, it's funny that you, while you were talking, you happened to bring up double wielding. That was my second one. That was my third question. Excuse me. Question. And I was going to say, well, you, how do you care? How, do you, did you care for double wielding weapons? I mean, was it a big deal for you? For me personally, uh, it, it uh, almost revolutionized the gameplay, but it, it, was, it was just like something new. Like, whoa, I can double wield. But eventually it got to the point where I just wouldn't care. So, A, I wouldn't be as accurate. And two, only certain kinds of weapons would be double yield yielded. Um, so uh, I mean, I guess the the, the best the best because you can only not only you can double wield one of the same weapon depending upon what it was, but you can double wield two different plasma guns, right? So you can double wield you can you can wield a needler in one hand, a rifle in the other, or a plasma pistol in one hand and a plasma rifle in the other, or whatever if it was do wieldable. And I thought that was really cool, but. Um, an exception for me in terms of me carrying is the plasma rifle, which is the blue uh, auto rifle. That the, yeah, uh, or the, there's rifle. also the brute plasma rifle that was the red one that you could double wield. Oh, snap, you're right. They did have a red one. Didn't that shoot faster? Yeah, but it also overheated faster. Uh, did it do less damage, though? Like, I'm talking, like, like damn it, not DPS. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I ever paid it to, you know. I don't know if you could ever really do DPS back then because it never showed numbers when you were hitting things. So, so I don't know. I mean, maybe someone somewhere somehow figured out with like the health bar of how much, what percentage of the health bar went away when you got hit with one. But I don't think people were cared as much about like, you know, the, the time to kill and DPS of those back then. You know what? Um, so another question for you. Answer first. Again, <laughs> what, what, who was, who or what was the most, enemy facts or I'm sorry not inter interesting or actually not interesting but what was the most intimidating enemy faction and it's funny you brought this up and you said this earlier I guess you said it differently but the it was the flood for me because when we first ran into the flood in in, in the first uh, first halo here it scared me and the most annoying enemies were and if you had it on a higher difficulty the most annoying enemy was the flood to the degree, because they had those little, tiny, little bug-esque type enemies jump on you and try to hug your face. I hated it. It was annoying. But, yeah, that was that's the most intimidating 
action for me was the flood. And then the brutes are like right behind it. But other than that, actually, not take that back, not the brutes, but the 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 um the the covenant, uh, the elites. Because uh, there's well, times that they but were so the covenant is an interesting. They're all except for the flood. At one point, they were all the covenant. Oh, but I'm, t- I'm talking about specifically the uh, I don't know I forgot the real name of the species and race, but you know what I'm talking about, like the, the, the Shanghili or sh- yeah Shanghili, uh, yeah, Sang Shanghili. Oh well, what? I- wow, you're a nerd, but yes, that- <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, what we call the elites. Yeah, well, because remember the covenant wasn't a race. The covenant was well because if you think of what the word covenant is, it's like a pact. It was basically an alliance between and each. So the grunts were their own species. The jackals were their own species. They were, uh, and they all have, I think the jackals were like the king yar or something. I don't know, but they're all their own species. And then they basically were formed a covenant based on the religion of the prophets and, you know, the, the what they called you know like the gods which were the um forerunners they thought the forerunners were gods and basically worshiped and such and so again they're on the quest to try to find the rings because they were you know gonna the great journey you know ignite the great journey and blah 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 that whole thing um yeah no it's interesting because uh we're gonna gonna talk more about this story um you blood though and actually so i have you know i don't know if you you probably do as well but the Oh, what was it like the I don't remember what 10 year anniversary or whatever the um the Master Chief collection that came out with Xbox One. Um, it is amazing on the difference the Halo One and Halo Two remakes are. So part of the reason I think the flood were so scary is because of the levels that they were in. The levels that they were in and the fact that this came out in 2000, the lighting and like of the levels were garbage. It was so dark in some of those rooms and some of those levels that you could not see them half the time. And that was what I think was so scary because they would be jumping down from the ceiling or crawling out of like holes. And, you know, and then some of them exploded or the, like you said, or the ones that had the little things that like just ran up and like lashed onto you. Um, so that's to me why it was like scary because it was, and they would just charge because, you know, you know, most of the enemies would kind of play more passively and shoot and hide and like roll and duck. But these things just, did not care. They just like ran at you, just shooting or swinging. It's like whatever. Yeah, so yeah, there, it had no, to be. There, was no, there was no, there was no, there was no tactics to them because they were mindless. Oh, I, I wanted to charge. To you and they just swarm as much as they can. Uh, but again, the rooms were very, very badly lit. But now in the new ones that they remade, like because you can do the little thing, you could push the button to go like the old way, the new way, the old way. And, like while you're playing, you can just go back and forth to see what the differences were. And it is insane on how much of a difference just the lighting alone makes in the new ones where it's like, wow, you can actually see in some of these like rooms and some of these levels where before it was just, and also TVs in general have gotten better. So like a lot of that has changed where it was, yeah, it was scary back in the day, you know, a 10 year old or 11 year old kid, you know, and there's like this, flood just coming at you and blowing up and you know just trying to latch onto your face and eat it oh i got another question so again on to the next question which which halo was your favorite and why so for me i was my favorite because you could actually play as the arbiter um and yeah the story became more intriguing it made me pay more attention to what was going on before I just wanted to kill aliens. And then now I'm wondering why I'm playing as a part of the elite or covenant. And it's funny. I'm, I'm thinking, 
didn't know much about it, but it just it made me want to go to Wikipedia or just pay more attention to the cutscenes or something. But it, I was more I was more intrigued, and I actually cared about it a little bit more, uh, just because the change of scenery and I don't know. I it just I, I, I guess it broke the um, the monotonous of just going to this planet, shooting aliens, debrief, do it again, right? So, what was your favorite Halo and why? Um, I guess it's depending on what you're asking for me. So obviously Halo one was just because of, uh, you know, the, the game changing event that it was, was amazing. And just, you know, the originality of it. Um, but I would probably say Halo three ODST and Halo reach were probably about tied. Um, and as weird as that sounds, it's mainly because of how different they were. So, I love Halo and I love the Master Chief, you know, like story. But to me, it's almost, I mean, I don't actually bring in my other nerd side of me with Star Wars, where people have become so like almost fed up with the Luke, you know, the Skywalker family of Star Wars. Like there's like nine movies now devoted to like the Skywalker family. And so people are like enough. There's like so many cool things going on in this universe. Why are we devoting nine movies to this one family? And to me, that's <clears throat> kind of what happened with the game where, again, Halo is amazing, but you have like every game almost was devoted to just Master Chief, just what he's doing and everything. And since I also read all like 20 some books or whatever, or 19, whatever, a, a lot of books, it's you know that there is so much going on in this universe outside of just Master Chief, um, even at the same time as Master Chief, that. I think that they, again, as, as good as a storyline, the Master Chief storyline is, um, I think it was a really good change of pace with, you know, Halo 3 ODST where, you know, you're, you're basically trying to find your fire team that got like shot down and everything. And, you, you know, you're finding all these clues and then you're basically, it's almost like a flashback where then you go and play the storyline, which got to like, you know, that point. Um, so it was really interesting where you played like all the different characters at one point. Um, you know, to do it, it was a very cool and very unique way of, of, of you know, pro progressing the story. Um, and it was just cool, too, because of the, the the ODST had the little, like, thing where you could, like, it was almost like night vision or whatever, where it, like, highlighted enemies. And it was just weird that it's like, you know, why does the Spartans not have this thing when, you know, the you know, ODST has it? Why can't, why, why does Master Chief not have this ability? Um, but, so that was that one. And then also Reach to me it was interesting because it was a prequel. And again, you know, it's the, the trailer itself was, I think awesome where it was like, uh, before the, or, you know, the end before the beginning, I think is what the, like the catch line was basically stating that like, Hey, obviously, you know what happens on reach because one, it's titled the fall of reach. And two, because well, if you know anything about the universe, it's, um, halo one basically starts right as reach is falling you know basically cortana gets transported to the pillar of autumn and they basically are fleeing the battle above reach um so it's like basically that is like where halo begins when reach falls but it was just interesting again because it was you're playing um supposedly a nobody you know was it noble six like a random like rookie spartan that like no one had ever you know heard of and uh, but you're also again on a fire team that you know again they they all die. Well, I take that back. Not all. One survives. June survives. I think it's June. 
Anyways, one of them survives into the future because he's in the books later too. Uh, He becomes a trainer. But it was just a very interesting thing because, again, it wasn't Master Chief. Um, But it was, again, it shows kind of that, hey, there are other Spartan 2s out there fighting just like alongside of him and, you know, helping enable him. And it was almost like, you know, the I think in Halo 3 when Cortana says it, that the reason she chose him was because of luck. Like, you know, he's a Spartan too, just like everyone else and is qualified just like everyone else. But he has that weird, lucky, canny ability to get out of situations when some of the others couldn't. But, yeah. All right, well, so next question. Um, what was your least favorite uh, Halo series and why, of course? And I'll answer first. I say Halo 4 and 5. Me personally, the game, and like I said, my, my answers are going to be way less detailed and, and intricate and more shallow. But I said Halo 4 and 5, I didn't enjoy those really. The game just didn't have the same feel. It's possible because of the new game developer, uh, developer 343 Industry. Uh, I just became less invested in the story. It just felt like I was completing the game for the sake of it instead of being immersed in the story and caring for the game. So I just wanted to get that Xbox score if Xbox still does that, but yeah, that's my answer. Um, so when you say series, what do you mean? Well, what I what I'm just I'm just saying across the line, all the Halo games, anything related to Halo. What was your favorite game to play in the Halo series? Period. Halo yeah. One, Two. I mean, least favorite. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I mean, my least your least favorite. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I never played Halo Wars, but they just because they didn't look very appealing to me. Halo Wars and Two. That's just not my type of game to play. Um, but I've heard good things about them for people who like those, that, that style. Cause it's not an FPS. It's a, I don't even know, like a strategy game or whatever. Um, Halo five for me. So actually, I actually really enjoyed Halo four. Uh, I thought it was really cool. I liked the weapons, the forerunner weapons. I liked that we actually get to see some of the, like a little bit of the forerunner history, because again, I read all the books and I, you know, there's an entire trilogy on the forerunners and the, uh, Oh, why can't I think of his name? The villain. What the I heck was it? And for like he's. But the funny thing is, about. he's I, not the. Uh, there's more than one of them at some point, and like in you, you find out in the books, and that one of them was sealed away. Um, and one of them, like, like it just, and I, and I forget all the details behind it, but it was really interesting and seeing that come out, and so then we automatically assume that he's this evil person, hell bent on doing it. But the reasoning why is not what you think. Like, it's not one of those where he's just an evil villain that hates humans. The reason he was is because he was charged with basically defending the Forerunner people. He was like the military leader of the Forerunners. Um, and I think he was, his wife was actually the librarian. So it was interesting because she was obviously in charge of all the knowledge and everything else. And so she was trying to catalog all species throughout the world or throughout the universe. And that's what the halo rings were, was they were basically like sanctuaries for all of them to kind of preserve them. You know, that's why there was, you know, different ones all over the place. It was also meant to be a weapon, like a fail safe that, you know, and, and so they're almost like, well, and actually why one of them actually called the Ark because that's what they were. It was, you know, what we think of as the Ark, uh, you know, Noah's Ark was all these rings are basically spread out and yes, they eliminate all sentient life in the universe, except, you know, what's on them, but they were meant to be, you know, almost like to start over, like, Hey, we can start over because there's stuff from all different walks, you know, species from all over the place. Um, and she actually really liked humans, but then I forget that damn guy's name. 
it's annoying. But anyways, he humans found the forerunners uh, unintentionally. We were running from the flood. We had found the flood, and we were basically running from them. And this was so. This is actually way, way, way before Halo One. And so we found the forerunners and everything when we were colonized and running away. And so the uh, the bad guy, I forget, I forget his name, um, thought that humans were basically going around just trying to kill everything and uh, destroy everything in their path. Like they thought they were just going around destroying everything. So he was kind of hated them because of that. And so since he was in charge of the military and defending the forerunners, he wanted to wipe them out. Um, I think I, I think I don't, I don't know. I think it's the didact. Yes, thank you, the didact. But there was more than one of them, um, because one of them was locked away and everything. Because there was like a coup, and and I forget all of exactly what happened. Um, but but so the reason he was so angry when we wake him up and this and that, it was because you know we were to him we were a threat because we were just basically pushing out into the galaxy, colonizing all these planets and killing everything. But in reality, we were trying to run away from the flood. And so then when we found the flood or, or if they got caught up to us, we would just wholesale wipe out planets trying to kill them. Um, and so he didn't know that at the time. So then there was actually a big war between humans and the forerunners in which humans lost. And they sent us back to the Stone Age, literally. Uh, <laughs> and, and then afterwards, they found out that you know, um, and, and I think that was maybe when there was like the coup and he was kind of like frozen and this other guy took over. But they found out later that they were actually running from the flood and then now they had to deal with the flood. And that was when the whole the rings came into play and uh, that was their fail safe. And they actually lit the rings off, which is why the forerunners don't exist anymore. Um, because they basically killed themselves. You know, and again, there was a, the didact obviously survived because he was like locked on one of the planets. Um but his idea with that one fancy machine of his um, was to digitize. So like the Prometheans, if you remember, that was the enemy in there. Uh, they were digitized. They, the reason like, you know, they're like, oh, my God, it looks like, you know, human skulls inside. They're like, what is that? Well, they basically tried to digitize um, life. So that way we could live on, but we couldn't be a fuel, like a food source for the flood. That was the intention was um, – since the flood operates off of, you know, organic material, let's digitize all the forerunners and then, you know, and the humans and whatever else, because then they can't feed off of us. So eventually the flood will die out. Like that was the idea. Uh, it didn't quite work as well as he would have liked. And, you know, obviously then I think, you know, bad things happened, but so it was just to me, I, you know, and I think that's probably why people didn't like it though, is because unless you're like me and read all the books, it's just one of those, it's almost like a random out of nowhere, like, hey, we know the covenant, we know the flood, like, all of a sudden, like, who are these guys? Like, what the heck is going on with these random dudes? Uh, I got a question I really for you. Enjoyed that. I got a question for you. So, what if the uh, didact? I'll, I'll ask you, I guess, one more question, and then we can go into my, my final question. But uh, what do you guys, what do, I mean, what do you think about, I mean, I'm sorry, does the, um, does the didact or does the forerunners, uh, do they know about Covenant, uh, or the elites, the, do they know about those people? Um, how does it work? Well, here, it, it, it was really so, weird. And actually, this kind of goes to the whole. Uh, so humans 
were chosen to be take up the mantle of the forerunners. Um, however, the prophets, and I forget what the heck their race is, but the prophets, you know, truth, regret, you know, all those mercy, um, they thought that they deserved it because they were, you know, again, like these like religious people, they were going out and finding all their artifacts, they were preserving it, blah, blah, blah. They were on this like crusade. And the funny thing is they ended up finding out humans were the ones. Like at first they, you know, when they first came across them, um, and which is kind of like what starts the, the it's the downfall of the covenant, uh, the beginning of the end, or you were going to say, is because initially, you know, again, the, they, every race they stumbled upon, they basically defeated and then invited them to join. Um, and that's all. And the reason the company exists, they had wars with all of them, but then they defeated them and said, hey, join our religious, you know, journey and quest and like, you know, we'll, we'll do this together. And when the humans, when they discovered them, the reason they discovered humans was because the, through the forerunner technology, there was like these symbols on planets and everything. And so then they found this planet that had like a gazillion of them. And they're like, well, what's going on? Like, this is like the mother load. Like, this is awesome. But then they get down there and they realize that it's actually marking where every human is. And so then that really pissed them off that they like, you know, to them, this inferior species was chosen to do that. And so, and I forget which uh, prophet, uh, one of the prophets, I don't know, it might've been truth. Um, basically behind the other two's back told them, you know, Hey, erase everything. Like basically, kill them and that was when they started glassing planets um the covenant was uh at there and i forget and um shit not not reach it was before reach harvest i think harvest was the first one that they glassed and and from then on out whenever they encountered humans that was the protocol basically just glass everything you know kill them all and so then it was, that started kind of creating a weird kind of thing going on in the, in the covenant uh, that people started grumbling of like, why are we killing these humans? You know, we all like joined, like, why can't they join? Um, and then obviously the, uh, and there was a, uh, one of the elites or whatever kind of found out and this and that. So that's when the elites basically were cast out for the brutes, which then really solidified the, like the schism was you know when the elite because the elites obviously were for the longest time the highest of in the covenant and the the guardians and everything so when they got shit cast out that was when you know a lot of them you know joined the humans to fight against the covenant so it was kind of weird but the oh crap or i i almost i'm sorry I, what was the initial question uh, uh the initial question was um, how, the, I mean, I'm sorry, is, is there a relationship between the, uh, the covenant, I was going to say fallen, but the, the covenant or the elites and the forerunners, like, because I'm, I'm asking. Oh, because, yeah. Well, I don't think so. Not that I've been able to tell. They were just another species. Um, and I don't, and, and for whatever reason, the forerunners like chose humans. And again, like it's, that's a little confusing because i think the librarian chose it and again i, I know the diet act was upset about that um and well, i think some other people were too because they were we were again we were not seen as like okay superior. so okay so the reason why i brought that up is because of the small little cutscene, which i thought was interesting i guess it's not that interesting but 
the um, when we when we finally ran into the die deck for the first time, I know we were in an area we we were fighting the fallen, oh, fallen, we were the covenant or the elites, and also the uh, the I guess the die deck so soldiers or whatever. And there was a cutscene where even the elites reverenced the die deck, trying to fight them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I remember what you're talking about. I mean, that probably, you know, had to do with maybe the religious cult. Because if I remember correctly, the, the covenant that we were fighting in Halo 4 were not most, well, I guess technically the covenant had disbanded at that point. Um, but the the remnants of, like, the covenant that we were fighting then were like separated they were almost like rogue because the rest of the covenant had essentially fallen and they were kind of on their own religious you know because even because when the arbiter basically kind of did his thing at the end there were still a lot of the the covenant races that would not or were not willing to believe that their entire existence their entire all these wars and fighting and that they were lied to so they they still felt that they were doing the right thing and that that was what it was and so they continued they were like continuing the the quest you know to find this stuff and to do this stuff so they were i think more zealots like type things and they were just so maybe they knew that the didact existed through other uh like relics and things and that's what they were trying to find because that was a shield world if i'm not mistaken which was very rare Hmm. okay all right, so look, last question. Did you see, so it is confirmed that Halo 6 or the name Halo Infinite is coming out. Um, I, I had the date down, but I forgot. But uh, did you see the trailer? I saw it today. I mean, it was very vague. Um, so is it the one from last year? I'm going to just say yes, sure. Is it the one where they're basically uh, showing off the engine and so that's just – you know, all it is is like landscape and you know animals and yeah. you know, things, and then at the very end you see Master Chief like holding his helmet or whatever. Yeah, that's the one. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, I saw it. Um, so again, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's from what I've read on it, three four three basically said that they heard all the complaints about Halo Five and a little bit to Halo Four, but really Halo Four, you know, people kind of get maybe you know didn't like, but. Halo 5 is what I think put people over the edge because Halo 4 was still pretty much the same game as like the other ones, like same style. Like, yeah, people maybe didn't like the enemy or some of the stuff, but Halo 5 was like, they, they thought they were bringing Halo into, you know, the modern age type of thing. You know, every other shooter has, you know, ADSing and everything else and all these abilities and cool things. And, you know, cause there was what even Call of Duty had like, the infinite ward advanced warfare that had like all these like crazy exoskeletons and robots and drones and all this stuff. And so, you know, people I think were kind of starting to be like, Hey, well, Halo is supposed to be in the future with all this stuff. Like, why don't they have some of these things? So they tried to revolutionize Halo, uh, give it all these fun new things to do. And I think people just absolutely hated it. Uh, I know I did because it just got, it got clunky real quick. Like the controls were awkward. It, It was really awkward doing things. Um, you know, the whole mechanic of like, uh, and, and so that was another thing that a lot of other games had where like you get knocked down, but you don't die and you can get revived type of thing. Um, you know, Destiny has something like that, you know, even like even Fortnite and some of those games, like you had, you could get knocked down and, but you could call and like a friend would could come like revive you. 
it, it was just all overall awkward. Like I appreciate what they were trying to do with it, but it, it was a very, very poor execution. And so they even said in one of their like things that they heard the fans, they heard the like, you know, critics and they're going to make it much more like Halo three. Now, I'm hoping that doesn't mean that they just basically revert back to that and, you know, that type of thing completely. Because, again, I do appreciate the, the trying to change and revolutionize Halo. Uh, I just think their execution was very bad last time. You know, the whole, yeah, just everything. I mean, it was, you didn't feel powerful, if you remember. Like, you know, we're supposed to be a Spartan you know, the greatest, like, super soldier of all times. But, yeah, I'd get hit with, like, three bullets, and I'd be freaking down, and I'd have to call over one of my buddies. And if it was, like, they had three AIs if you were playing by yourself. And then you had to worry about them, like, they were morons. Like, they're, and that's another thing, too. Like, <laughs> the other fire team members on our, you know, the were on blue team, like, they were morons. Like, they, they were useless, even when you'd call over, like half the time they wouldn't even know where you're at. There was like wandering around the battlefield, like aimlessly, getting shot at. Like, do you remember that? Like, it was just awkward. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like that. I, I did. I did enjoy. I, I did enjoy the uh, the um, because it reminded me of Destiny. But I I really enjoyed the death from above thing where you could slam them on the ground or you could shoulder charge people. I enjoyed that. I thought that was nice. It was, again, it was the execution of doing it. Yeah, it was really cool, and that makes sense. But to me, it was awkward trying to use it. Like, it was really clunky, and it was not very user-friendly, in, in my opinion. Like, it was not – like, I've got to the point where playing, you know, Destiny, where I don't even know what buttons I'm hitting half the time. I just hit them. <laughs> but, like, I, no matter how long I was playing Halo 5, I just could not, for the life of me, figure out, like, the controls. Like, it just felt very not – you know, again, not user-friendly. It was just weird. Right, well, but, again, that was maybe just me. But right, one last thing with Halo Five, though, because it was it was a good thing to me, and that was the whole. Again, they brought back Blue Team, which again I know some people may know about Blue Team, some don't. But it was awesome seeing. I uh, was it Fred, Kelly, and Linda, I believe. Um, you know the fact that you know again they're still around, but then it kind of begs the question again, like what have they been doing for the last, I don't know, fifty to hundred years? Because remember. <laughs> Master Chief was in hypersleep or, you know, like the whatever cryogenic sleep for a while. So, like, were they too? Like, what were they doing? Um, but it was cool because, again, they had specific loadouts for specific characters. If you remember that. I, I, I do yeah. remember that. I, I do remember that. So because that was, to me, the best thing in Halo 5. Um, and that was something that I've wanted ever since probably Halo 1 when I knew they were coming out with more is that I wanted there to be a – difference now the the one thing i think that could have done better is you know even if you think about destiny you know there's armor where you can get you know characters where you can make them so they're more tanky but slower and vice versa and blah 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 they should have done that with the characters like hey by the way you have the sniper well guess what the sniper is probably not going to be heavily armored but they're probably going to be much quicker because that's what their like role is and you know the guy who had you know the big machine gun and stuff like or whatever it's like they they need to have their roles and their armor match it because in the books they did like they didn't have the same armor sets. They had different armor and the armor had different perks based on their role. So like, you know, Linda's was obviously had like different, you know, different optics and different things for sniper or, you know, to be, a, I think it was Linda, maybe Kelly, one of them to be like the sniper. 
So it's one of those where they, to me, they got, they did a good job at even incorporating that, but I think it was not quite uh, fully realized. I think they could have done a better job. Okay. With so, okay. The differences. Okay. Yeah. My goodness, man. I'm like waiting to breathe in between sentences. Um, <laughs> okay. So I was going to say one more thing. I think one thing that uh, Halo 5 kind of just jacked up was the relationship between Agent Loke or uh, Spartan Loke or Lock. Lock. Yeah, see, look. All right, man. Thank you. Okay. Uh, it's Spartan Lock and Master Chief. And, like, they, they blew that way out of proportion because we only had one fight with – it was a cutscene fight, by the way. And it wasn't that exciting. And then shortly after, they, they were allied together because of, I guess, Cortana just trying to – whatever. I don't know, bro. Uh, I don't want to get into it because that will be, like, another 10 minutes. But uh, we'll come back to Halo maybe another time. We'll, we can even Halo while we talk about other games. I don't really care, but this podcast has kind of reached this time limit, okay? All right. So I can touch on it for a quick second if you want, but. Uh, I don't know what a quick second is to you, though. Quick, you know what I'm saying? All right. Very abridged version. You know, the, they had the little, basically like a podcast that was kind of leading up to it. So you kind of have a bunch of background of that if you ever listened to it. I would recommend it. Um, I call it the hunt for the truth or hunt the truth or something. It was actually really good. There was like several podcasts that are, you know, it was a couple hours. Um, Adam, get on anyways, yeah, so the, the whole premise behind Locke and uh, Master Chief was uh, kind of false. So Locke was, you know, very – Locke to me is like Captain America. Very much by the books, you know, hey, I'm told to do this and this is what's best for, you know, UNSC and, you know, that's what I'm going to do. And uh, Master Chief is much more like Tony Stark, where he's like, yeah, screw that. You know, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You know, like almost like a vigilante, you know. And that was where the initial clash came in, was the UNSC basically saw Master Chief as going rogue. And they hired, not hired Locke, but they assigned Locke to basically hunt him down and to bring him in because, you know, Again, they feel they felt that Master Chief was no longer in, like, under control. They, they, you know, they saw him as loose cannon and doing his own thing. And even worse, after Cortana died in uh, Halo Four, was you know they, they saw him go even further off the deep end. So that was that was kind of why. It, but you don't really get that from the game, uh, which again, it's just the background information. You kind of learn a little bit more. But yeah, I think you're right. The game they did a very poor job of that with the, uh, that fight, which was a very awkward fight. And next thing you know, you said they're fighting on the same team. So it's like, what, what the hell happened? But that was kind of why. And then once Locke realized that, and he realized the, what, what Master Chief was doing and like hunting with Cortana, that he kind of figured out, hey, they kind of lied to me. He's not the enemy. Um, and all right, we're going to worry. We got you. We're going to help, you know, figure this out because this is what needs to be done. It was just poorly executed again, like everything in Halo 5. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to stop it there. Uh, thank you everyone for joining and tuning into the podcast. If you, um, I ask you guys, well, first I want to say thank you uh, for su- continuing to supporting the pod. I, I want to say thank you, but I got tongue tied. I want to say thank you for to support the podcast by simply listening to it and sharing it and liking it. Uh, that means a lot. Um, you know, cause uh, when it comes to this, I mean, we want to make sure we're, we're tapping and we're getting into the right. 
when it comes to people's interests and uh, sharing it and liking it, it goes a long way, more than you think, okay? So we need more people, you know, listening to it if they really do have a keen interest. Games other than Destiny, that's why um, we made this podcast. Um, I was actually inspired by one of my other buddies, Paul, and, <clears throat> you know, wanted to do another podcast because we play other games. So I said, well, that's a pretty good idea. And plus, if we just did a Destiny podcast only, then that would just limit the amount we can bring on because not everyone plays destiny or not everyone is continuing to play destiny maybe they're burnt out but um i just want to say guys for tuning in and continuing to do so also continue to support the orbs for days clan podcast it's you know still the same under the same production just different topics okay uh but adam i want to say thank you again for coming on bro really you are very knowledgeable um you know you uh you're you're very smart but uh, man you gotta learn how to take a breath when you talk holy <laughs> I like Halo, and I think that's they better not screw Halo Infinite up because they have like what has it been like three years they've been like doing this like they man they better not screw it up that's all I gotta say is because Halo Five was such a dumpster fire. Yeah, I understand this before. I, I said I wasn't gonna get Halo Six. I mean, I, I think this Halo has a soft spot in my heart because that was the game that introduced me to Xbox. And that's what inspired me to buy the Xbox because, you know, that game. So it still has a soft spot in my heart. It's just that Destiny and other games have just taken And I think that's perfectly fine. But I want to say, yes. One final thing to note. I swear to God, man, if Halo Infinite has one of those Battle Royale things, that is going to piss me the fuck off. Screw yeah. that game mode and all these other things, man. Just, nope. You know, I, I have to say. Don't do it three, four, three. <laughs> no, I have to say this. Look, I mean, honestly, I'll be okay if they had a battle royale, but have it be in addition to, not 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 something that they have to have it be have it be a feature in the actual game. You feel what I'm saying? So, like how Call of Duty. I would much rather have a horde mode. Like they tried it before. I would much rather have some sort of horde mode type thing than battle royale. I, mean, I, I think the battle royale is a fad, and I think in the next couple of years it's going to be gone, and people are going to be like, "What the hell was that?" Uh, look, well, okay, I, I can't really. I, I don't really foresee that like you can, but uh, when it comes to the horde mode, I think that's a great idea. I'm always a big fan of horde mode, which kind of, you know, leads me to the next, I guess, hint of topic that we're going to talk about next week in this podcast. We may bring up some Gears of War. We may do that. I know you didn't play it, but, uh, you know, I got a lot of horde mode. That's about it. <laughs> I know, but yeah, you may not be on that one because you don't even play it, but, or I mean, whatever. <laughs> That's fine. But yeah, no, thank you guys for joining us again. Um, and like I said, um, feel free to uh, stick, uh, follow me on Twitter. I can't, I feel like, I feel like such a, I feel so weird promoting myself because uh, it just seems out of character. Um, I want you guys to follow me on Twitter at Wayne01193. And that's where I put a lot of content updates and streaming and all these. I'm, I'm more active on that one. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Wayne01193, okay? Uh, Instagram is more about having fun and bloopers and, you know, advertising and other representations. But there's more, I guess, informational. There's still videos and stuff being shown, but I don't know. Just follow those, okay, on the podcast, news and entertainment, all these other things, Destiny, Division, you name it, okay? But like I said, thank you guys for tuning in, and we will catch you Bye-bye. See you.